the global co-working and conference community, we've had our fingers on the pulse of co-working since 2012, and we've connected thousands of operators, both in person and online. On the Juicy Podcast, we talk with the people making it happen day in and day out. Let's get to it. Hey guys, I am, as usual, ridiculously excited too early in the morning, and that is because I have Alex Steinman and Aaron Farrell, two of the co-founders, actually there's four co-founders, so I have two of the four, but 50% (laughs) of the coven leadership with us this morning. Good morning, ladies. How are you doing? Personally, not your business, you as a human. Good morning. Hi, this is Erin, for those (laughs) not able to see and only hearing our voices. I'm doing really great, Liz. Thank you for asking. Quarter four tends to be a tough time for many entrepreneurs. I often refer to this season as like my season of sad. uh, Because for (laughs) me personally, I feel like it's kind of like report card time. You know, you're having, there's just like all of that kind of stress of the year. You're looking back and you're also looking forward and then you're trying to jam, you know, like a half year's worth of work and do a few months that include a bunch of holidays and some, you know, much needed time off. And so quarter four tends to be a little like emotionally heavy and, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling a little emotionally thin at the same time, just like honest talk from entrepreneurial land. But, you know, one of the best things about this, this business that we've started together is the fact that there are four of us. And so there is just such a deep connection across the four of us. And that certainly extends into our staff and our members. And so, you know, it's very booing to be able to like navigate this time when you know things are heavy for you and maybe even for those closest to you to like still have each other to kind of cling on to and and help kind of ride the waves together if I really push that metaphor. So (laughs) long story short, it feels, you know, both full. It's a very full time of year, but really also ripe with excitement and also a lot of gratitude for the incredible people at my side, like the luminous Alex West Steinman. Yes. And you <laughs> used it. a lot of terms I really love. You're feeling thin emotionally. You're being buoyed. Like you've got all this really great visual talk that I really appreciate. Thank you for sharing that. What about you, Alex? I know you're on the road and it's like you're in a phone booth. I am. <laughs> I'm well. I'm back <laughs> in Minneapolis, which is lovely. I was in Chicago hmm. this week, um, spending some time getting to know folks in that market, connecting with investors and, and such. Erin used such a great word. She's brilliant with words. But I love the word full, and I've been trying to use that over the word busy lately. Feeling like, you know, busy makes me feel anxious and like I'm doing a lot of things that are maybe not progressing anything. It's just doing. And full makes me feel maybe a little bit more strategic with my time. I have two little ones, a six and an eight year old. Um, Aaron also has kids, and one of our other co founders also has a child. And so we're all very full in our whole lives. And so, you know, I'm trying to find a lot of presence wherever I. I am. So, you know, shedding the guilt of of travel is sometimes part of that and really being present where I am in that moment and enjoying Chicago. I got a chance to go for a run alongside Lake Michigan yesterday and then I threw out my back. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> feeling the old, <laughs> mm. feeling the old right now, but, but overall just feel really full and well. And like Aaron said, we've got a lot of momentum happening. And so really trying to celebrate and enjoy that. We have a founder meeting every Friday, which I look 
look forward to. It's the time where we get together in person. Sometimes mm. it's like the only time we see each other, all four of us at once and in person a week. And today we're doing it in a hot tub. So we're going to do a oh hot, my tub, God. hot tub business machine today. It's going to be <laughs> I awesome. love that. I might need a photo evidence of that. We'll use it for the podcast photo. <laughs> love it. Um, love it. So said a word that I try to always avoid, which is old, because I think there's so much connotation around getting old that's negative. So yeah. I try to insert whys or other things. And then I loved the thing about not using busy because it's so overused. Everybody's busy. It has no meaning to me. So I love full. I also love abundance. Yes. yes. Abundance with, with joy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Love it. Love it. Okay. So there's a lot going on for everybody. And you guys have recently announced, I believe you are the first female-run co-working brand in the world to franchise. So congratulations, so. first and foremost. That's Thank phenomenal. You. I looked at that mountain of paperwork and was like, not for me. No thanks. <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot. And that's honestly what we looked at in the very beginning and thought the same thing, Liz. We were like, that's a lot of paperwork, <laughs> one. But two, you know, we didn't have the playbook when we first opened this. You know, we wanted to test it and, and learn ourselves and see what it would look like to expand physically with the four of us. And we did it here in the Twin Cities. We've operated three locations. We moved one of our Minneapolis location, one of our locations in Minneapolis. And so we have two open locations, but have tested a lot, right? So we tested mm-hmm. no private offices. We tested a lot of private offices. We've tested a huge build out and we've tested a really minimal, you know, kind of aesthetic design in a space that was in partnership with another organization called Zeus Jones, kind of post pandemic or mid pandemic when no one was coming back to work and they needed, you know, some a tenant to take over the majority mm-hmm. of the space. And so what we've been able to do, I think is exciting. And we've been able to kind of document all of the things that we've learned along the way. And we really identify that we do three things really well, right? We design inclusive workspaces. We market the shit out of things. We all come from a marketing background. So we're very good at advertising marketing and helping folks get there. And then we mentor and support entrepreneurs every day. That's what, you know, that's what we love to do. And so what better way to economically empower women, which is really what is a part of our core mission than giving power over to someone else to open their own space, giving them the opportunity to own a community and build wealth for themselves and their community, be the community connector that we are in our two locations and see what happens in that direction. So we're really excited to be down that path, um, having finished our franchise disclosure document, which is, like you said, like 100 million pages long. Um, <laughs> but um, but it's also just a great, it was a great exercise for us to really write down what are the things that we know, yeah. what are the things that we want to, you know, uphold the integrity of the brand. And then where do we have some flexibility that maybe changes the way that franchises operate, right? We're doing this a little mm-hmm. bit different. We do everything differently than most <laughs> most places. So why would we have to follow the exact same model of every other franchise when, you know, we could do something maybe slightly different? And Aaron can talk about what that maybe looks like. Yeah, that's such a great uh, encapsulation, Al, of like what we've been trying to do. I think, you know, a few things that pop out to me that I want to help underline and underscore for everyone is that, you know, we talked about those three things we're really good at, our inclusive spaces, our ability to market, our ability to mentor entrepreneurs. And I think one of the things that's been the most joyous, frankly, and uh, of the last, you know, going on five years that we've been operating this business has been, you know, through that mentorship of entrepreneurs and really starting to apply what we're learning and being very very open about what we're learning, being very honest about what we're navigating at any time, 
one, how like attractive that is to folks to be like, yes, tell me an honest story. Mm -hmm. Don't just tell me what it could look like, but actually tell me what you've learned. You know, we have operated this business from the beginning with an abundance model and mindset, right? You know, where it's like, we are not, this is not a scarcity mindset. We don't believe that there's only one, you know, femme forward co-working space that should operate in any given market, right? This is like, this is about continually making the pie bigger. And I think as we've been learning and operating and navigating these last few years, as Alex would say, early on in the pandemic, we got we had kind of an adverse reaction to the word pivot because we were like, <laughs> why do people keep saying pivot? Like pivot means like that you have solid ground to navigate mm. off from, to push off from, to be able to like change direction. And, you know, by the early April of 2020, no one in the world had that, right? So we could have started to take on this language of pirouetting. We're recognizing what's working, what can be improved, where can we pirouette a little bit more and um, really lean into what folks need. And so again, really in all of that time, again, being really close with our community and understanding what our entrepreneurs needed, then being able to share what we were experiencing, then recognizing that, frankly, oftentimes marketing and operations of bringing an idea to life were oftentimes where folks needed the most help. Right. So when mm-hmm. you thought of Liz, you were mentioning before you love co being in co-working and being in this business because it attracts people who love people. Right. Yeah. And that is so true. And there's just a lot of support you need in being able to provide that love and space for other folks. And so for us to be able to take these last four years and say, gosh, we've tried this six different ways. Here are the things that we've learned along the way. Here's where we where we know that we can continue to tweak and improve. And here's just a, a beautiful place to start. Take all of our lessons, take all of that time that we've that we've spent. And here's how you can bring it to life in your market. That's what's got us so excited about the franchise model right now. One well, of the and things honestly, Erin, we- it's like exactly why I do Juicy. Like I went yeah. to a conference and I was like, this is so great meeting other people who understand how hard this yeah. is and who get <laughs> yes. it. And that's why like, that's why we do Juicy because we want to help other people take this business forward. And we totally. honestly believe that, you know, co-working in a way, I know it sounds crazy, but can help save the world because what people really need right now is belonging and community. Yeah, and it's co-working or the people who we've proven can do that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I love that you use that term belonging because, you know, when we talk about even as we're we're starting to have conversations, right, with our potential franchisees, our our community of owners, we call them, right? One of the things we talk about a lot is that acknowledgement that yes, you have to have a core amount of services and amenities, and that's important, right? Like that is what mm-hmm. people need that to function. But what makes us special, what we've been able to create and what we're looking for in that community of owners and and their expertise within their own communities is that ability to say, I I can help create belonging in this this space. I can hold space for folks and however they need to show up in any given day and whether they need to be celebrated acknowledged. We're from the Twin Cities. We know and love this place deeply. You know, we have navigated five decades worth of living in the last four years here. <laughs> um, and, and it's important that we were from here and we were not just, we were experiencing what it felt like to be in the Twin Cities alongside our members, alongside our broader community. And that's, again, one of the things that's just so deeply exciting about this franchise model and community of ownership is that those folks will be doing that in all of their communities as well. Awesome. 
awesome. Awesome. I love it. I'm really, really excited for you guys. And we, you touched on it a little bit on being femme forward, but like, what's, what's the secret sauce of the coven? Why, why the coven over the other place or, or, you know, one of the big guys? Yeah. Well, one, first of all, we like one of our core tenets of our business is abundance. And so we actually love when there are other uh, co-working spaces in town, because what's awesome about co-working is something's not going to work for everyone. Right. So you have to have options for people. Absolutely. So I, you know, it's I'm amazed at, at how many co-working owners are like, somebody's moving in two blocks away from me. I'm like, that's a fantastic indicator. Exactly. <laughs> and now you can use their SEO and then people will self-select into where they belong. 100% of people, when we work opened across the street from the coven, just a few blocks away in Minneapolis, people were like, they're going to eat your lunch. And I was like, you know what? I'm just so glad they bought that big ass billboard on the highway for us <laughs> to educate people about what co-working is because now mm-hmm. people are Googling it and then they find us and they get to choose. So, I mean, what's better than having choice, right? Having an option. Right. People choose the coven because we've really focused on, you know, what Aaron had talked about, which is belonging. We really focused on physical and psychological safety. And that comes from our experience being in workplaces that were not suited for us. They were not built for us. They were not uh, They were not designed for us in mind. Um, and when I say us, I mean like the collective, right? They were designed mm-hmm. for one group of people, which is white men. Um, mm-hmm. And so when we think about what could we create in a physical sense, we really think about how could somebody generate a bias for risk-taking and action? And those two things are required for you to start a business, have confidence to ask for more money, have confidence to step into a leadership role. All of the types of things that happen in co-working spaces, right, for both entrepreneurs and for employees, building that sense of community and belonging so that you feel like someone's got your back when you have a bad day or when you have a great day. I'll give one example of you know what happens in, in the coven. And I just... I think this is so different than what most people experience in most workplaces, but in co-working spaces. So one member comes in and she talks, she's talking to our front desk and she's got kind of like tears in her eyes. And I was sitting kind of farther away. And so she didn't really, she didn't know who I was or that I was kind of watching her, this interaction, but she was thanking our staff for taking care of her. And I was kind of thinking, I'm like, what does she mean taking care of her? And she said, you know, I've never felt cared for in a Mm. workplace. Like I've never felt a sense of somebody else is thinking about my needs while I'm working. And can you imagine that during the pandemic? I mean, all of us were running around. I mean, those of us with children, that was mm-hmm. it, that was wild, <laughs> you know, taking care of partners and elders and uh, young people in our lives. I mean, nobody was caring for the caregivers, right? And so for mm-hmm. somebody to come into our space and feel like, you know, there's coffee ready, there's tea ready, and then somebody's going to genuinely ask you how you're doing. And if the answer isn't fine, we will figure out how to get you to a better place by the end of the day. I think those small gestures of hospitality we do here are unmet and their needs that our members are craving. And that's why people join and stay is because they find such value in the intangible. You can have as many snacks and bubbly waters as possible, which are like huge wins at the Coven for sure. But many co-working spaces offer those. But it's that feeling our co-founder, Bethany, talks a lot about like the patina that you have when you walk out of this space. It's like something is left on your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little oh, bit I of magic. That. You have a little bit of magic left and you've got a little bit of pep in your step or you can, you know, face whatever 
is coming towards you. Um, yeah, and I have think ups and downs. Hey, 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 have you heard? Juicy is heading to Chicago. Yep, April 2023. We are going to be in the beautiful city of Chicago. You should get your tickets now on gcuc.co. Or the other thing you can do is join membership and then you'll get a discount on those juicy tickets and ridiculous benefits for you and your team. So remember, go to juicy.co for your tickets to Chicago and to join membership. Ciao. And a lot of people don't realize, and you know, I operated my own spaces for eight years and sold them to concentrate on Juicy, but that was like one of the things that that like really hits home with me. I experienced that so often because a lot of people, it was their only human interaction of the day. Yeah. And if you didn't acknowledge them as a human being, like you just missed a huge opportunity. Like it is like nothing infuriates me more than walking into a co-working space to be met by a plastic sign that's like, hey, we stepped away. Give us a call. It's like that just is a failure, in my opinion. Yeah. And I get it. We're overloaded. We can't all be staffed 24-7, you know, whatever. But like, it's just, yeah, like we would get and everybody got whatever they wanted on their birthday. We would ask them in advance, like, what do you want? Do you want cake? Do you want cookies? Do you want a pie? And like, I think for some people, that was the only recognition they got of their birthday because totally. they weren't close to their family or they were in a riff or whatever. They just got divorced or who knows. And like, it was like watching little kids light up in front of a Christmas tree when you would give them their whatever. Yeah. It was the cutest thing. And it's like, it's those little things, mm -hmm. those little tiny things that really can make a huge difference in somebody's, not necessarily even day, maybe life. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. totally. I, you know, I wanted to add, there's a, Liz, you were asking kind of like that, again, kind of a little bit of that special sauce. Like mm -hmm. the coven is, we're open to everyone. We have folks of all gender expressions, all ages. You were you were saying before how you like don't love the world, word old, right? Okay. You're talking to two women who came from the advertising industry where like, if you are over <laughs> 40 and a woman, like you are yeah, literally just it. like goodbye, right? So in the beginning, before we even opened our our spaces. We talked about the importance of intergenerational mentorship, friendship, awareness, right? Like making sure our most seasoned member at the coven is in her late 70s, right? So Love this that. is about making sure that folks have, that they feel recognized and acknowledged in the space. So although we are open to everyone, we absolutely center the experiences of women, non-binary, trans, and BIPOC folks in our spaces. And that means designing a space that feels inclusive to their experience, right? It's an acknowledgement. You were talking about the birthday thing. It's about a Black woman coming into our space and seeing something on the wall that acknowledges her lived experience in mm -hmm. our city and in our space. It's about having land acknowledgements in, in our spaces so our Native members know that we're not just occupying territory and space, but that we're also acknowledging a part of their history, right? It's making sure that the people who are putting on our programming and that we are lifting up as experts are representative of a multitude of lived experiences and not just a certain 
appetite, right? So it's this alchemy of all of this stuff coming together that is really what makes, I think, a coven important. And, you know, Alex was mentioning before, like, we have all, we being humans in the world, but certainly women, uh, you know, certainly women, folks who um, are, you know, non-gender conforming, certainly BIPOC folks, we have all been in spaces and positions that we have felt othered, that we are the only one, right? We're Mm -hmm. oftentimes in spaces that don't, frankly, intuit our needs, right? There isn't, like, there isn't a chair that fits us. There's not a space we physically feel comfortable in, much less, like, intellectually and emotionally have intuited what we need. And so the coven is really built around all of that and acknowledging those kind of inclusive needs that people have. And we're also built not just around recruitment. We're built around retention. We are built about re- around retaining folks to make sure that this experience evolves with them, that we are having the space and the amenities and the programming that they need. That pirouetting we talked about, right? We did that a lot in the last few years. It meant going from a 100% physical experience to a digital one literally overnight mm. in March of 2020. It meant evolving the type of programming we were providing people because we were seeing this huge uptick in our members who were, you know, quote unquote, nine to fivers before starting to, you know, start their own business. So making sure that we had more entrepreneurial content, all of those things. It's really about being in that kind of deep relationship and conversation with our members to know what they need so we can continue to evolve. And again, I think that's what makes us so special. And that's why when people walk into our space, it is beautiful. It's gorgeous. That feels different. But a lot of the services are the same. They're the same mm-hmm. that are at other places, but it just feels so different. And I think that's yeah, that like was... it, what Aaron's describing can only be done with an owner, right? So, and that's why franchising is so important for us is because it can't just be a general manager in that community. Yeah. I mean, there are great general managers. We have two of them who are phenomenal, who do great work to connect our communities. But outside of this market, we need the people who are, you know, the community connectors there, the people who can create that magic and who know their community really well. And so again, like what Aaron's describing is exactly the reason why we went this route and why we think it's the mm-hmm. right move. Yeah, for sure. And then let's talk about that. If somebody's listening and they're like, oh, I'm identifying with this. This sounds super interesting. One, how do they get in touch with you? And two, what does that ideal candidate look like? Yeah, well, we're looking for, you know, people with an entrepreneurial mindset. So somebody who is, you know, pirouettable, (laughs) someone who is (laughs) flexible, somebody who is, you know, has the grit of an entrepreneur. So we love folks who've either experienced entrepreneurship for Mm -hmm. themselves or have been adjacent to it. Mm -hmm. Folks who, you know, are are go-getters and self-starters and who can get stuff done. We love those folks. But we're also looking for people who are community connectors. It doesn't have to be somebody who has started a franchise before, although that, you know, may be helpful in the, you know, education of what a franchise is, but it could just be somebody who has been hosting, you know, women's groups in the past or who has been hosting employee resource groups within their company in the past. A person who's always inviting everybody over to dinner to make sure that everybody is connected to the resources that they need to to one another and, and helping folks network, which is exciting, creating spaces of belonging on their own. So we're looking for kind of, you know, just people like us who love people. But what I think is exciting about this is the way that we're going about about 
advertising is is not the standard. We are specifically looking for, you know, all genders are welcome, but we really want to emphasize the importance of women, non-binary, trans folks, and BIPOC people who may be those community connectors in their area who can reach across difference and connect with connect those people with one another. So if mm-hmm. you're that person, we would love to be in touch with you. You can find us at thecoven.com slash franchise that has all of the, uh, you know, the beginning information about franchising with us. We have a form on there you can fill out. If you have specific questions you'd like to reach out, franchise at thecoven.com. We'll pick that up and, and start a conversation. So I recently discovered a lot of people don't know what BIPOC is. Do you mind explaining that? Sure. Uh, BIPOC stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. Um, it encompasses, you know, marginalized groups by race who have, you know, historically been left out of, you know, societal gains. And so we really focus a lot of our programming on making sure that BIPOC folks, myself, feel uh, welcome and well-connected to resources that are important. And so that's why we truly are all are welcome here in our community, because we think it's important for all of us to be a part of the solution. Fantastic. Thank you. And then, okay, so the coven. I love the name. I love it. But it does infer maybe some witchcraft. And um, (laughs) I'm just just curious, because I'm sure you guys went through this, like as you're like, okay, is this the name we're going to take forward? You could have rebranded at that point. But you guys stuck with the coven, which I love, but I want to hear more about Yeah, well, we came up with the name before we even had the business. We affectionately called ourselves The Coven in a text slack and explored many, many different names after that and nothing stuck. The word The Coven comes from the Latin words for to convene or to gather. And so there's deep meaning there in exactly what a community and co-working space is, right? To gather. Mm -hmm. And what we truly believe is that when women, non-binary, trans, BIPOC folks come together, we really make magic, right? We make connections that spark something new. And that's what we love. You know, Erin talked about kind of the alchemy that makes this space amazing. And it's it truly comes off as magic, you know, when you open yourself up to the possibility of connecting with amazing people, you know, it sparks something. I think, you know, yes, the word has a little bit of witchery to it. If you look it up in the dictionary, I think it literally says a group of 13 witches. But we like that it has a little bit of teeth to it. You know, we're we're not a generic, we're not a generic type of space. We are somewhere that is a little bit different from everything else. And and we like that. We like that differentiator. I do too. I do too. I like it a lot. Okay. So I was reading an article about y'all and it said you had seen a 400% increase in membership, which is like the dream for every co-working operator. So what do you guys attribute that to? Yeah. So that's uh, really specific around our teen membership. So when we were talking about pirouetting, I think this is a beautiful example of it, right? So pre-panty, it was, you know, our our model. Was... <laughs> I'm fully stealing that, everybody. Every time you hear that now, that came from Aaron. You know, at this point, we've just got to find some levity somewhere. So yes, yeah, so, so pre-panty. Pre-panty. Um, you know, pre-panty, our, um, our model was really focused on individual membership. And we had just in our second location, which had opened all of four mm. weeks prior to awesome. the pandemic onset. Awesome. Totally. Yeah. Not at all stress-inducing. We had just in- introduced private offices in one of our two locations. So again, we really 
really had a ton of focus and let's be honest, pressure on individual (laughs) membership as the revenue driver. As we started to navigate the panty together, one of the things that we kept hearing uh, about uh, oftentimes from small to mid-sized organizations. So think any organizations anywhere from like three to 25 people. These could be nonprofits, they could be startups, they could be small businesses. What we were hearing from them is as the world was changing Mm -hmm. and how we were all navigating what work looks like, that looked different for them. And oftentimes, as we all know, commercial leases and physical space tends to be one of the most expensive, you know, components Mm -hmm. of anybody's anybody's balance sheet. And so what we heard was, okay, these folks gave up their physical spaces, but what they gave up with that also was almost kind of a cultural infrastructure of how they were connecting. So they were committed to this hybrid work style. They recognized the importance of flexibility for their employees, but they were also missing that opportunity to have the kind of coincidental run-in or the setting time aside to just work in the same space or having a physical space where they could literally like whiteboard things out and figure things Mm -hmm. out together. And so at that point we introduced, so this would have been fall of just last year, we introduced the concept of team memberships, which essentially starts at three members. And then there's an addition per, excuse me, per employee on up. And they, they come at a reduced rate to our overall kind of, you know, high level, uh, what we call our grow membership, which is kind of our all access. And what that's allowed, right, is this to relieve this pressure for a lot of organizations that they can still continue to have a beautiful space, one that their employees want to connect with. They can have a space to, you know, bring in clients and meet. And they also now have this kind of, again, cultural infrastructure. We see a lot of organizations go, we're going to sign up for this team membership. Folks can use it however they want. We're always going to be on site Thursday afternoons for a, Mm. you know, for a brainstorming session, right? So it was kind of creating this space for folks to be able to gather in that way. And we have seen tremendous response. It is a significant savings over obviously any sort of owning their own space, rent Mm -hmm. or lease costs anywhere else. And now they have, you know, multiple spaces in the Twin Cities where they can gather, they can connect. They also then have 100% access to our digital platform, which means access to a thousand members, things like job boards, things like programming, things like professional professional connections. And, you know, you were mentioning before, sometimes it's social connections, right? We have Mm -hmm. folks who have maybe moved to the Twin Cities to start at a new organization and have literally never been into that organization's office. We have organizations that have some of their member or some of their employees here and some in Texas, right? And so they can use that team membership as a way to kind of share community, share space and share connection. Okay. So I just have to ask this because we're looking at this and I'm dying to know what platform you use for that, for your online platform. Yeah. Well, we looked at building our own and gosh, that's hard. Um, so yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So we use Mighty Networks I and mean, it's wow. been a really awesome tool. The one that um, keeps they're, coming up. And they're growing, you know, they're, they're changing too. And so honestly, because we've been a part of this where, you know, we have a white labeled product with them. Mm-hmm. They've been taking a lot of feedback from us around what we want and where we want to grow. And they're, they're doing it, <laughs> um, which is not, <laughs> you know, not always normal, right? Everything that we've asked for is in the pipeline and it's actually come to fruition. So they're going through a little bit of a change right now, which we're excited to be a part of that new platform that they're kind of rolling out or the evolved platform that they have. Mm. But so far, we've been really satisfied with their growth and what we've been able to do with the platform for our members. Fantastic. I love that. Thank you. 
Okay. So one of my favorite questions to ask at the, at towards the end is because I like spending a little extra time on it and is, you know, I usually ask what's your superpower, but because I'm talking to two of the four co-founders of the coven, I have to ask what's your magical superpower. So what is the thing that you do that nobody else in the world can do? That's a great question. I think one (laughs) of the things I do really well is I'm a community connector. And so when someone tells me what it is that they're working on or what it is that they want to grow into or build, my brain immediately Rolodexes. Same. (laughs) I have one of those just like, like it's like rolling right now, truly. And so I start thinking about, oh, you need to talk to these six people. And then I'll Mm -hmm. make those introductions and I'll follow up with them and say, how did that go? Or do you need anything else? And I think that's something that is really unique to a lot of co-working operators who are just, those are the people we attract. Those are the people we want to be franchisees as well. But it's it's truly a superpower. It's put me in a lot of rooms that I wouldn't have probably normally gotten into by just cold emailing. So I feel really lucky to have those people in my life as well. One of my mentors, Shantara, calls herself, I think she calls it a, a gatherer. She's a collector. That's what she says. She's a collector mm. of people. And I'm like, ooh, it sounds spooky. But uh, <laughs> but truly, she's like collecting all kinds of people in her network to, to put folks on to new opportunities. And that's what I aspire to do. And and I love doing it for for our members and others. Yeah. Yeah. Erin, what is your magic power? Yeah. Oh, well, I was just <laughs> I was just saying I used I used to call myself I would make up my titles um, and change them periodically and I was the community curator for a while oh, I because I that. liked that yes. concept of like I don't pick pictures I pick people and and then I would be like you need to sit here next to this person because they can help mm-hmm. you with this mm-hmm. now I'm currently for a while I was the DM because I thought about what I did and I'm like I just make decisions so I'm the decision maker <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Sometimes and I, I became, don't want to be the DM, right? <laughs> I know, right? Oh, I'm always like, I, I will, it might even be the wrong decision, but I will stick with it. I will always just make a decision. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> to a fault. Okay, Erin, what about you? What's your magical superpower? Well, I would say that I uh, really excel at understanding, recognizing, and then implementing, creating the best environment for the best type of work to happen. So mm-hmm. my background actually prior to starting the coven was in operations. My whole entire career was in like quality assurance mm-hmm. and project management and business development, and then eventually running a, you know, our New York office for the agency I was at. So I have this, you know, kind of strong and steeped background in all of these kind of organizational concepts. And but the thing that always really I felt the most alive with was was recognizing in those scenarios kind of the emotional need of folks and what what were the things that they needed to have the best, you know, best environment for their best work to happen. And so it was really mm. this kind of unintentional hospitality forward kind of vibe um, on the operations side. And, you know, bringing that kind of uh, awareness and intelligence into the coven and then overlapping that with, you know, physical design skills. So I design, I'm the interior designer for all of our spaces. I think about and work with an incredible crew of folks who help bring these really, you know, inclusive spaces to life. And so there's just such, for me, there's so much magic in like being able to have a physical environment that creates, you know, this kind of physical and psychological safety and emotional space that you can get your best type of work done. And, you know, then, and having these incredible community members that are like primed and ready and like fill it with just all this beauty. And so 
Um, yeah, I would say that is what my magical superpower is. I love that. I love that so much. And we definitely want to drill down more into that, maybe at Juicy. I know, I, you know, you guys are planning on coming to Chicago in the spring, and we're super excited to have you guys there. So I don't know if you know this, but I fancy myself sort of a futurist because I've actually gone to grad school for Foresight, and I just have been observing this industry for about 12 years. And it's it's really all I think about. And um, I would like to know, like, what does the future hold for the coven is my last and final question. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a great question. And thinking about the future for an entrepreneur, I think, is where we like to live. <laughs> we like to live. You know, it's easy to be in the business, right? It's easy to, you know, get caught up in, you know, QuickBooks and sp- spreadsheets and uh, payroll and all of the things that have to get done on a day-to-day basis. But because there's four co-founders and we have such a phenomenal team who are in our physical spaces, we get the opportunity to really dream big, you know, a lot and and think about the future of our business. When I think about where this is going is, you know, designing inclusive workspaces is something that, you know, I think is a dream. What a lo- what what a dream job for all of us to get to be a part mm-hmm. of that. And so truly building wealth in other communities, building inclusive spaces, building be- spaces for convening and belonging across the country and beyond is something that gosh, I hope like if we get to if we live to do this, like that's amazing. And so I see us expanding, you know, beyond the US. I see us expanding with an amazing community of owners who are supporting one another. I see us really stepping into this role as a franchisor with a lot of care, sustainability, and forethought. We, you know, we saw what happened during the pandemic when people grew too fast. And it just, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're not prepped sustainably to grow, that can, you know, really sink a business, especially when they're early in their growth. And so for us, we really want to think about this. We've been thinking about underdog cities and really supporting communities that need it most. And that's where our focus is. So, you know, the future of work is, is included. Inclusive and the future of work is, you know, gives people a sense of belonging and who better to do it than the people who who started this business um, because they didn't belong where they were, uh, you know. So I feel really lucky to be on this, this, I don't know, rocket ship. This rain, <laughs> we can call it like a rain, beautiful rainbow rocket ship. Um, <laughs> I love it. And Aaron, how the heck can you add to that? I know, I know. Usually it's like, this is where I love being is just and like, firm- yes, exactly. It's like firmly in the, uh, is like in the, what do you call it? And like when you're biking and you're in like the stream behind somebody. Like, oh, you're in the Peloton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah. Like, you go ahead and take the lead. I'll be back here drifting. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. God, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. I mean, there's truly not much to add. I will say like, I imagine this future, right? Like right now it feels really great that the coven is so special and that it feels different and that people react and love it so much. And I would absolutely love that if by the time, you know, my time on this, on this plane is done, that we aren't all that special because other places are catching up, Mm. you know, and that what, you know, instead of being the only place that folks could go to feel like this, they actually just look at us as a model for what that could be. And then they start building it for themselves, right? Very early on, before we ever started this business, Alex and I had a moment in my kitchen where we were talking about the current industry we were in and what we really felt like we could do in that moment. And, you know, we were a a much younger version of ourselves at that time. But Alex looked at me and she said, I'm coming to terms with the fact that the change we're seeking is not going to happen in my lifetime in this industry. Mm. And I looked at her, Liz, 
And I knew she was right. And like, that was the moment where it was like, you know what, if we're going to, if we want this, then we're going to have to build it on our own. And it might look like something completely different than anything we've been involved in before. And that's how the coven started. Our interactions like that times a million right? about all of these, you know, folks across the Twin Cities and elsewhere who have had those moments and felt that way and knew something else was different. So wow. the future to me is certainly more inclusive. And again, I hope that we become less and less special as things happen and we just become more more and more of a model of, of what can happen in spaces and what people can build. Wow. You two just painted a really clear, beautiful vision and I love it. And I think our listeners are going to absolutely love it. And you know, the thing that I love is that, you know, the people who change the future are the people who have the audacity to believe that they can. And that's what it takes. Like you just have to believe that you can. You guys are doing it. So congratulations. And we are going to introduce you to everybody at Juicy and it's going to be so much (laughs) fun. And y'all go to their website and sign up and get more information if you're interested because the coven is growing and expanding across the U.S. and they want to hear from you. And that is it. We will see you guys back next time. Don't forget to like and follow. Take care, y'all. And we'll see you on the next Juicy Podcast.